0: Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories, bonus episode. Hey, how are you? I'm Brian. And I'm Murdoch.
1: Welcome to the bonus episode.
0: Uh I guess. You, room. Did you finally rent a guitar? Is that what I heard? You have a guitar, but then you rented a guitar too?
1: Oh, I've, I'm <laughs> on my second rental.
0: That's a really unsung awesome thing to do if you're able to do it. If you have a spot in your town that allows you to rent an instrument, uh, it's great for dudes. I, I'm not going to speak for your level of talent, but for me, I'm not that great, and I don't have the discipline to play like – as much time as I know you're playing, but it's really fun to like feel like a rock star sometimes. So I'll just go oh. rent something. It's been like 30 bucks uh, for the month and just be like, look at me. Look how awesome this looks when I stand in front of the mirror in a tank top and hold it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what did you rent?
1: Um, well, you know me, I have to tell stories cause that's what we do. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine last night and he has 11 guitars and he's a lefty. So everything he has is a left left guitar. So he has like a left-handed Fender Jaguar, a left-handed Rickenbacker, a left-handed, like he has all these amazing guitars. And so I was telling him that I could rent guitars. He was totally could not believe that that was something I could do. I just can't, you know, I, I can't see that I could purchase a guitar being with this little talent. It doesn't make sense. And Of course, I'm not playing anywhere. Like, what the heck am I doing?
0: We spent too and much time in boardrooms defending ROI to even indulge in things like this, right? It's like I know what the outcome will be, and it will be a net loss. So I need to, I need yeah. to just rent it.
1: But however, now, like, if you really, in the totality, like, you know, my little kids' guitars are mine too. So I technically have one, two, three, four, five. There's six guitars in the house, you yeah. know, and yeah. there yeah. used to yeah. be yeah. one. Yeah. But but anyway, so yeah. um, A month ago, I went into um, this local store. That'd be a great sponsor who uh, who you can just go in and you can. I mean, they make their money selling uh, renting band equipment and uh, stuff for people in in high school and everything. I've got a
0: drum set in my basement from there right now. I don't even know if you knew that. Yeah.
1: No, no. And um, so, are you playing drums or is he just? It's it's for my son. Oh, yeah, it's right. Yeah. That's right, because yep. he's playing. So you can rent guitars. And so a month ago, I went in there with my daughter, and I said, hey, this is going to take a minute. And it didn't, because my paperwork wasn't uh, ready. Like, I had to do all my paperwork again and triplicate and every kind of stuff. And I looked around, and the guitar I was looking for wasn't there. Um, but I saw one, and I had just had to have it. And it was a Epiphone black and white Flying V oh, guitar. hell yeah. So the problem that it caused, that was more weird about everything that made it a weird experience, was that they didn't have a case. So I ended up walking out with a flying V in a cello case, and I said, "Is this Robin Peter to pay Paul?" And the guy goes, "No, it's kind of like Robin Peter to pay Peter, because there's now it's just a cello up there." So, so, and you know what? I, I had so much fun with a flying V. It looked really amazing. My wife didn't see it for almost two weeks after I rented it and when she saw it she was like, oh my God that's so ridiculous looking yeah
0: and I was like really they are um, they are silly I mean I don't think anyone anyone holds yeah. one of those and thinks like this actually this spews legitimacy no it doesn't it's just it's just great especially for a guy who grew up listening to glammy big over the top theatrical rock and roll.
1: And I know when I noticed when I returned it, I got that same attitude from the guys too. They're like, oh yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. To, like they're saying the same thing as my <laughs> wife. And it's like,
0: really? Th-? There's a but little I, high I, fidelity that happens in that shop, right? There's a little bit of a a, a music store snobbery. I, I, I,
1: I find I find absolutely not. I find they're incredibly nice. But um but I tuned it down a step and a half to C sharp so I could play Black Sabbath songs. Alice in Chains songs, like things I didn't do or whatever, but the practicality of having a guitar without a case and just the flying V feels weird. It wasn't the guitar that I wanted. And so yesterday, I decided to go by myself and not take my daughter and subject her to hanging out in this guitar store right. where someone plays yeah. music really loud in the DJ room, which did happen. Someone played Tyrone by uh, Eric Kabadu like at, at ear-piercing volume. <laughs> Which is great. But I, I walked in, I traded into Flying V and I was kind of looking around and they had some kind of interesting um fender guitars that were like the Toronado and there was the meteor, I guess. They're like these weird odd shape ones. And there it was, the guitar that I came to get last time. The guitar that I've been reading about, the guitar that I've watched over 20 YouTube videos about to see what it is and to see if people like it. And there is no negatives. No one talks anything negative about the guitar. And the guitar is the Jay Mascus from Dinosaur Jr. signature Squire Jazz Master guitar. What? Yeah, with the tremolo bar and everything.
0: Can I talk and, about can I just say how excited I am that we found a reason to talk about Jay Mascis and Dinosaur
1: Jr for a hot minute? Yeah. And man, I love <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> and and this guitar was bu- built clearly by him in some way, at least these these um pickups in the guitar um They're like P90s or whatever. They're not humbuckers. They're different than what a typical Jazzmaster is. And it is just, it sounds like you can get Dinosaur Jr. sounds out of it. And those are sounds that I like. I was going to say, please make that happen in my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you do that? That's what I need you to do. I need you, I need you to do I, that solo in, in the "Just I, Like Heaven" cover.
1: Yeah, I watched I watched a video today is to see what notes those are, because <laughs> because what's what's amazing is that I'm a I'm a terrible guitar player in terms of the totality of it. Like I can play rhythm guitar, but like solos and playing individual like runs and things. Like I just didn't learn how to do that, so I'm learning how to do that now. However that guitar is so hot and so loud. And when you use the tremolo bar, use the whammy bar the whole time, like it kind of works. No matter what, like as long as you're hitting you know as long as you're hitting the single string and you're just doing like you're not being real messy about it, like it just works so so it that just, Jay Maska sound has something to do with how
0: hot his guitar is. like he's he's actually engineered the electronics or something in it. Y-
1: yeah, the these engineered the, the electronics are different. So the pickups are different. They're a the kind that he uses. and the bridge is different. So it's a adjustable bridge that that he has. Done with his jazz masters and then the pickups are jumbo I'm sorry the frets are jumbo frets oh. um, and it has a maple neck like it is and it's it's like kind of cream with like a gold plate like it's real classy uh retro looking That's and awesome. last night last night I played it for three hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> I do love this
0: phase you're entering where it's like your wife doesn't know what you do late at night and it's like, you know, no babe. Uh I, yes, I'm definitely on the internet and I'm definitely watching videos, but they really just involve old gray haired men with long hair playing solos of cure covers.
1: That's- yeah. There was there was one night where she, she did come in. She came and she's like she walked in and she was didn't seem suspicious, but she's like, What are you Because like the guitar I'm not have I'm not playing the guitar. And I was like, I'm watching this instructional video on how to play this Deftone song <laughs> and she was like, What? <laughs> and I like just turned it around and took the headphones out and it's like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> like and I had it down like half speed so I could do it. So I, I didn't have to try to do it full speed so I could slowly learn yeah. how to do it. So I'm I'm Putting in my hours, um, it's like I feel so weird being like an old. I, I do feel like an a, a middle aged man doing this at this point, but you know I, I don't know. Like I haven't had this much fun in a long time, and and with isolation, this is I don't know, maybe This I, isn't I, much fun. Is I'm gonna have it twenty degree like at sub zero temperatures. Yeah, like I what mean, the hell am I gonna I, do? I was gonna say as as one of your best friends and
0: your uh, business and podcasting partner, I highly support something like this. I know how good it is for your mental health. So keep at it. And I will say, speaking of middle-aged men or, or way past middle-aged men playing guitar, let's get into a, a, a truncated rock and roll story here real quickly. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but Ultimate Classic Rock ran a story on, a, on an interview. I guess it was their interview with uh, with Mikey D from Motorhead. Like, you know Mikey D, right? Yeah, and he's in the Scorpions. He's so now he's in the Scorpions, and he's yes. been in he's he, he he's been in some amazing bands, right? He was in like King Diamond, and then uh-huh. he was in uh, he, he's done time in in a version of Dokken, I guess, and then he was in Motorhead yeah. for for a really long for, time from ninety two to for, two thousand fifteen.
1: Forever, he was in Motorhead, and that's really like a big part of his career. And then. Um, I, I'm pretty sure if we didn't read the same interview we've kind of read around the whole the, uh, ran, uh, read something about like the same material and it's really interesting to hear the drummer from Motorhead talking about how much freaking work it is to be a drummer in the Scorpions yeah like right you, you'd think that it would be like easy but it's like he, he has to play to a trick cla- uh, 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 a click track so he's having to play like to a metronome the whole time and then everything's timed out with fireworks and and pyro and everything, and the 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 songs are I, I'm sure like it's the Scorpions, so all the songs are like announced the same way every single night, like it's the same thing. Where with Motorhead. Uh, they didn't do that. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the story I read actually is him
0: talking about, I guess he was asked by this, uh, YouTube show drum for the song where, where they asked him about like, what was the most tenuous moment in motorhead or whatever? Like, wait, when did you, did you ever have like a fight with Lemmy or something? Right. was the setup. And so he tells this story about how in 2011, they were playing this uh, event in the UK called bloodstock did you see this story?
1: Uh, no, but I've seen, the, I've seen the footage of that concert. And yes. so there's a fight
0: between him and Lemmy because Lemmy's got a cold. And, and, they, and everyone had told Lemmy, Lemmy, you cannot go out on stage and do this. And, and Lemmy at this point is, is just in his I don't give a damn. Stage of life, right? Um, and I mean, which I think was, he was, which, uh, when did that? I was going to say that? That, that was his whole life. Uh, <laughs> nothing dangerous, but he was sick as a dog. This is this is what uh, Mikey says in his interview. He had a fever. He couldn't speak. He was in a terrible mood, and uh, he says, "Lemmy, we got to cancel. You can't do this show." And so, even as the performance began, he said, <laughs> "And I'm just imagining Lemmy doing this, right?" Lemmy turns around and is like. Mikey, you motherfucker! You're killing me. Slow down, slow down. And he's like, play, and he he swears he's like, I'm playing every song slower than I have ever done because Lemmy is screaming at me between every song. And so during a break in the show, Phil Campbell's changing instruments, and Lemmy uh, went up to D and uh, uh, to Mikey and repeated the allegation, saying that dude, you are killing me by playing too fast. Um, and so. <laughs> So he has a bucket of ice next to him that he has a towel in, right, to put on his face. And he takes the towel out and he just throws it with the ice and everything. He throws the bucket at Lemmy and tells him to get, to fuck off. And then he walks off
1: stage. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I got to read about that. I have never put that together what that was. Oh, my gosh. And so uh,
0: as he prepared to leave the festival, <laughs> Lemmy and Campbell keep playing without a drummer.
1: Yes. <laughs> I thought, because I didn't know what it was because I've seen footage of it, and I thought that there was something else that happened. I didn't understand that there was a, a fight or whatever. So I don't know if the what if the footage I watched was just edited, you know, but, yeah, I've seen some of that. Absolutely I've, unbelievable I've, story. Man. I've watched a lot of Motorhead videos on, on YouTube, which is – crazy. By the way, the Lemmy documentary, which um, was streaming for a while, if you haven't seen it, is amazing. It is um, it is a treasure. And you don't have to like Motorhead. You don't have to like the same kind of music. He was just an enigma in a... I mean, he was Jimi Hendrix's roadie, for Pete's sake. He was old enough that in the very beginning of the documentary he's on uh dr drew and they ask him what his influences are and he's like elvis presley jerry lee lewis and you realize oh yeah yeah that's right he's the elder statesman like the that whole elder statesman stuff with metallica where they like you know bow down to lemmy like oh, it's, it's there's a certain credence that belongs to that he,
0: yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable right he was what 70 when he died
1: yeah, he was in his 70s, and he, he was really, he was really really sick. The, there's a bonus, like, eight minutes or so with the documentary, where it has the documentary filmmakers that are in it, and they basically talk about how the whole thing was just a negotiation, the documentary was, like, every single thing, because they're like, we want to shoot in your apartment, and he, like... He didn't seem to care that he had Nazi memorabilia everywhere and, like, you know, all this, like, kind of, like, not like he was a Nazi. He just, like, had, like, their hats and Nazi uniforms and stuff because that, yeah. they were the evil stormtroopers. He was just really concerned because his kitchen and his whole apartment was really gross and dirty. So they said that they would clean his apartment if they let him film there. So they did. They, they cleaned the apartment. But then you get to see <laughs> that, like, he lives in this crappy apartment, like down off the Sunset Strip, and he, like, cooks baloney and stuff. You know? It, it, well,
0: you know, back to your point about him being the elder statesman, you know, there's this story, too, about him having actually been at the Cavern Club and seen the Beatles when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. which puts him at, at 60, 61, so before they're in the States, right? And, uh, and he, like, got to see that and then learns to play guitar by playing along to Please Please Me. I mean, and then he becomes Lemmy. I mean, it's just the whole thing is it's it's a great story.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, they, were, they were on an episode of The Young Ones that I saw when I was in high school, I guess. And that was a transformation. That was a transformative experience for me. I'd never seen a band like that that wasn't... Uh, cheesy hair metal band yeah that was like that that made me go out and buy a record and they were ugly. And yeah. there's nothing melodic about it.
0: No. And and, and what
1: you, to your point too,
0: right? They were ugly. And did you know that Maxim Magazine at some point put out a list of living sex
1: legends and they put Lemmy at number eight? No. <laughs> I didn't know that. And man, I used to read that magazine. Uh, he,
0: he claims he's, he's, uh, you know, shared a bed with over 1200,
1: 1200 yes. women. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in, uh, there's a famous scene. Now it's an infamous scene in that documentary where Scott Ian from anthrax, they're, they're either running to each other like on tour or, um, at a studio or something. And Lemmy has on short shorts. And by short shorts, I mean <laughs> they're blue jean shorts that are cut off and the pockets are hanging down. Yep. And so Scott Ian is like, Lemmy, what's what's up with the jorts, you know? What's up with those? And he's like, J- these are shorts. And he's like, and Lemmy sees nothing at all wrong with the fact that he's like wearing like the most ridiculous Davy, Daisy Duke shorts possible. Like- <laughs> no, nothing.
0: that's it's a it's a real lesson in not not caring. You know, like the guy, like to your point, right? I made the joke about he was in his not caring face. When did he ever care? He clearly, he clearly never did. Raise a glass to Lemmy and to Motorhead. And uh, dang, if you want to get involved in the show, uh, you can send us a note at wearethestoryguys at gmail dot com or check out the website wearethestoryguys.com. dot com and uh, let us know if there's something you want us to research or um. Or, or talk about and what's what's your favorite motorhead song Let, let's leave it here motorhead uh a motorhead song for the road overkill all right easy keep telling stories